Welcome to the Chicago Home Partner Podcast. I'm Amanda McMillan. Along with my co-host, Samuel Shahan, we discuss the Chicago real estate market. Our goal is to educate you on what's actually happening out there and how it impacts your real estate goals. Welcome back to all of our viewers. Thanks so much for being with us. We're super excited to have you here. We are once again on location. We're super excited. Yeah, tell us about this listing. Uh, This is, we're once again at one of our new listings. This one is in the pocket listing network, so it's not available to the general public yet. Us agents have a little bit of a sneak peek and you viewers are getting a sneak peek now. This is a really exciting one. Everybody knows that I like things that are just a little bit different and a little bit special, not too special, but a little bit special. Um, we are in the absolute heart of Bucktown, one of our favorite neighborhoods. Yes. This is a building. This is actually one of Papa George's first, I think second actually, second condo buildings in the city. He's obviously gone on to be a very big architect, designer, and builder throughout the city. Yeah, um, what makes this so special is that it's it's a little unique, right? It's a very large two-bedroom. It's over 1,500 square feet. We are in the heart of the area, but we are on the quiet backside. We are flooded with light and windows and space. Yeah, um, it's big. It's stylish. It's cool. Uh, it's sexy. It is I mean, sexy. like it is literally sexy. This, yeah. it, like all the finishes that she picked were just like fantastic, and it's just upgraded and beautiful. Well, what's really interesting about it is our client is an original owner. She showed up, and she tells the story that she showed up. It was just like a trailer park here <laughs> to sell the design center. Yeah. She tells the story that she almost gave her keys to a homeless guy <laughs> because she thought it was in the valet. Oh, she was coming from a different area. Clearly. Luckily, she didn't. Um, and uh, she came in and she selected this unit. She designed it and changed things up in the design. So this unit has things that none of the other units had. So she redesigned the floor plan then. And in the last couple of years, she worked with a fantastic designer to come really bring it back to life with some great design features. So yeah. it's an exciting one. They did really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, so what have you been up to? It's spring season. Uh, Everything's like coming to life now, I feel like. The green, the flowers, the trees, everything that makes me so, so happy. The 80 degree day and then the 30 degree snowy day and the 80 degree day. What did they say? Second winter, third winter, whatever the case 12 seasons of Chicago. We did, we did take advantage of that week though. We took time to have that Friday night. It was so nice. We walked down towards the boulevard. We live over my Logan Boulevard. We walked down to the boulevard. We had dinner outside uh, at El Cid. I love El Cid for for good Mexican. Uh, And it was a great night uh, just being outside and enjoying knowing that we were kind of, we're not quite there yet. It was a good teaser. Yeah, I love that. Were you able to take advantage of some of that weather? Uh, I did. So I am in the throngs of Ironman training. And so literally, I'm three weeks out, which is by the time this actually airs, it'll be like, I'll be overseas. Um, but I did my 15-mile run that day. So it was Me like too. So I did a lot of nice. <laughs> Yeah. But it was so nice, like, running through the city and, like, also the lake path. I mean, it's it's such an amazing time. And it's, like, it felt like, right, we had that week and everybody, it's, like, with a snap of the fingers, was out and enjoying. And, like, yeah. we do, we know. I feel like I love Chicago for that reason. It's, like, everyone just spills over into the exterior. It's, in my opinion, the best metropolitan city to be in during the summer 10 months for certain yeah. we take advantage of it like no other i don't understand why people like leave during the summer like why vacation during that time do you during the winter yeah we're gonna talk a little bit more about it but i think that there's different different ways to maybe unplug a little bit but i agree with you i love being in the city during the summertime yeah. so i also have to follow up and ask because the last time we talked 
I swear to God, you were talking about doing mermaid classes or merman classes. Did that come to fruition? No. I have one picture of me in a mermaid costume from scuba diving classes, but I haven't done anything. Okay, so you dressed up for the for the play, but you didn't get to act with it. Yeah, I essentially just played with myself for like three minutes, and then I was like, okay, I got to put it back, unfortunately. <laughs> but, awesome. And then you've also been at spring break. Yeah, we had uh, we had spring breaks. We went down to um, we went down to Florida. I've got a lot of family down in Florida. All of the grandparents were down there, uh, so we went and we spent some good family time. We got a little bit of swimming in. We got to do some of the theme parks. We actually went. It was kind of fun to the like biggest water slide park I've ever been to in my life. I thought it was in Wisconsin at like Wisconsin Dells. I didn't say the biggest one out there. I said oh. the biggest one that I've ever been. Oh, to. got you. You never been to Wisconsin Dells. Not for a very, very long time. Okay. <laughs> there may be a larger water park there, but I had never been on. I had been I'm like, this is false advertising because I'm from Wisconsin and they've been advertising, hey, this is the world's largest water park. I feel gypped in my childhood. I'm going to have to go to Florida now. Absolutely. Absolutely. But anyway, so we had a great time. It was great to get a little dose of vitamin D, a little bit of sunshine and yeah. kind of came back and, and really revving up because spring market is here. Here. Yeah, we have a lot of properties coming on. I'm a little tired. Great. I'm a little tired. This is the time of year that we look fabulous. But I know you don't sleep a lot during this time. I don't, but I like to think that I'm filling my days with a lot of things that I love to do, um, and the market is absolutely one of them. So maybe yeah. before we jump in, we have a lot of great questions today, but before we jump in, like, what the heck is happening out there? What's happening in your world in real estate? Well, so we are preparing a lot of listings, which is really great. Hopefully trying inventory. to break some of this inventory issue, which has been phenomenal. Um, but because of the lack of inventory, we like literally are seeing so many people out. So, I mean, we just did an open house this last weekend. Um, I did, and there were literally over 100 people who came through. Um, it's like crowd is it? Literally, yeah, exactly. You don't really talk to anybody. It would be like they come up in uh, sets of 10. I felt like going to Disney and one of like the, the operators. Scan your ticket here. Exactly. Wait here. I almost wanted to like have like a recording, a voice recording, and then put it on the loudspeakers because it, yeah. Thank you for, hi, my name is Samuel. Like, thank you for coming. Uh, I'm here to help your experience through this ride. Yeah. You know? avoid other people but here are the details of the property and then just put it on loop over the loudspeakers so then i didn't have to like actually welcome to yeah but it literally was like just controlled chaos well kind of off of that 100 groups through our our grand opening right which yeah. we're very excited about because we did a lot of marketing to have that impact we ended up with 21 offers on that property i know we're legal <laughs> let's go have a cocktail our property is great. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, we ended up with 21 offers, which is a very exciting time, but also a very hectic time. You know, with properties like that, we always say it's not necessarily getting contracts is easy. Figuring out who's committed to that property, who's writing an offer because they don't want to leave, lose it. What's the right team to give us success? There's a lot of things that go into that that then can get more challenging for certain. And we'll talk about like etiquette with buyers. That's one of our questions today. Yeah, because literally with 21 offers, people made right moves and then people made bad moves. And so we want to really talk about that as well. So in terms of that, though, that's the interesting thing that I'm seeing in the market right now is that certain markets feel very, very hot and yes. certain markets don't cooler, right? Our condo market in more popular locations feels 
really hot. Pretty much the stuff that we're putting on yeah. feels really hectic, really, really chaotic. Yeah. Single family homes on the northwest side, more affordable. That that one's on fire as well. We're seeing a lot of multiple bids. Popular location single family homes, but on the more affordable side within the lows, those locations still. Yeah. Really, really kind of crazy markets. But what we're seeing is not every market's like that. No. Right? I mean, we we have been seeing a lot of like multiple offers and all of that stuff. But not everywhere. So not. I've I, what I've noticed, right? Gold Coast Row Homes. There's a little bit more inventory and those are sitting. Those are a little bit tougher right now. Uh, that market has always been kind of softer. I mean, it's been that way for like 10 years. Yeah. No, that that one has been a challenging one for certain. Um, but I'd also say Bucktown higher end single family homes. That market's a little bit quieter yeah. right now too, which is a little bit of a surprise because our single family homes have been doing so well. But yeah. that's one that I've noticed is a little bit uh, a little well, bit slower. Yeah. Well, and we talked on one of the episodes last or a couple months ago about like the ultra luxury doing really well. And then that has also slowed down. Yeah, that one's been a little bit kind of depending on what, what it is, where it is and stuff like that. Or ultra luxury, which started the year a little bit more faster pace and then fire yeah. is now a little bit slower. Yeah. And I'd say downtown. Downtown yeah. is performing well because there's not a ton, but it's not at the same tenacity as it's been. Yeah, and we've actually seen like a lot of articles coming out where like people are actually at the price where they bought it like 10 years ago. And so that's like the hard part is do you part from this investment that you've essentially put all this stuff in and it isn't appreciating like some of the other markets. Yep. So. Okay, let's get into this. We actually have a ton of questions. Thanks to everybody for, for getting those questions out to us. We really, really appreciate it. And we're glad that we're being able to give content to what you guys want to hear. Yeah, we've been getting really good feedback, which is awesome. And we love hearing from everyone. Okay, we're going to start vague. Yeah, let's go. Will we ever see two to three percent interest rates again? Uh, so no, <laughs> I don't. So no. So yeah, that's gonna be a hard no. Um, I think it was we just had this perfect storm back uh, the last couple of years, and so that's the reason why I don't think we're gonna see it unless if there's a huge catastrophe. But I, I just don't think we're. I won't say hard, but I'll say very unlikely. What we have yeah. to remember about those interest rates: those interest rates were caused by the fact that our world was at crisis. We had economic crisis. We had a pandemic that was shutting down our entire world. And we had this perfect storm, as you said, that essentially, totally, we had all these things happening in which we needed to stimulate our economy. We needed to stimulate purchasing and we did that. So yes, it can happen again, but it will take those types of events. More normal healthy rates are gonna be between five and 7%. That is what we tend to actually want it doesn't increase our purchasing power, but it's what we need and want to have our economy and our market be more healthy. Yeah, to get it steady. Or sorry. So what are the top things that buyers want in a property today? Ooh, the buyer wish list. Uh, what things are people looking for in homes today? I think there's a lot of things that we've seen that are, are continuing kind of off of that post-COVID trend. Um, remote work is a big deal, right? People want home offices for certain. I tend to found that with a lot of my clients is that they're moving away from the completely open floor plans but they want a little bit of separation and things. They want a little bit of space. A lot of it comes back to yeah. that whole work or that flexibility, whether it's needed or might be needed in the future. For me, the really, really big thing is turnkey. Like people yeah. don't want to do work right now for the most part. I mean, obviously that's not the people that are looking for something specific, a project, but the Just majority of people don't want to do construction. They want to walk, walk in. They want it to be their style. They want to go with it and they want to move on. Those are the big things that I'm seeing in the market right now. Yeah. I think like Instagram ready, like honestly, just having like everything just prepared. So similar going back to like 
they want move in ready. Yeah. Hey, that is like the big thing. I mean, obviously, when you're looking at photos and online, you need to stand out. Yeah. Construction costs are really expensive right now. Yeah. Contractors are a little bit hard to work with. We're getting conversations all the time saying, oh, so-and-so's not showing up. So I think turkey is a really big deal right now. I also think um, building maintenance is actually a big thing as well. I mean, like everybody who's like coming through properties, I feel like a lot of our buyers are a lot more educated. Yeah. And so they're actually asking a lot of those questions. So making sure that the blocks are sealed, that the roof is done. Like, yeah. I feel like more people are asking those questions. For certain. Yeah, definitely more savvy buyers, which is yeah. interesting. We uh, we read that article the other day, or I read the article. Um <laughs> We did. It's okay. I think I said- We share you, the same brain. But it's one of those right? things that the millennial age bracket for the first time in history, they are more tip. They they broke the 50% marker. There's more homeowners oh than renters at this point in time so that they've actually crossed that threshold from that perspective. And that was a market that even just a few years ago, they wanted to be free and transient, not tied down. Now, obviously, they're seeing the value in homeownership. Which I, I think that has I to think do they still are transient. I think they just want like the flexibility as well. So like a lot of them are asking about rental rates and sure. all of that stuff. This is a good one. What yeah. not to do in a multiple bit. Yeah. Well, so the first thing is don't call the list as a buyer, do not call the listing agent and vomit essentially everything about your life because we use that against you, unfortunately. So that's- That's a good one. I'm actually gonna jump in and tell a story off of this. Yeah, exactly. Our multiple, our multiple bid this week, right? We had 21 offers. During the week, a, a buyer got my cell phone and they sent me a text to basically say, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm very excited about your listing. I'm working with so-and-so. By the way, I just canceled a deal with another property because of inspection issues. And I can't wait to see yours. How can I get it? I politely responded to call their agent to contact me. Their agent then contacted me and told me the whole same thing, which once again, if I'm looking through 21 offers, somebody that has just canceled a deal because of inspection items, that's going to be a little bit of a red flag for me. So I think for me, the big things are, we always tell our clients, you will get every question answered in this. And we want to make sure that we're making smart decisions, but we don't want to come across as high maintenance. We don't want to be alarmist. We yeah. don't want to leave a negative impression going on the listing it. agent going into it. So kind of that idea of literally getting the offer accepted, asking very, very basic questions. Yeah. If you have more questions, do that once you're chosen. If I get a laundry list of, of questions from an agent with 25 questions before we've even, even seen the property, I appreciate the due diligence. Don't get me wrong in that. But that is a little bit of a check mark in the back of my head if they said, hey, I noticed a little bit of warping of the floor by the back door. Do you know what happened? Well, of course I know what happened. It's a back door. I'm sure snow piled up against it. I'm sure yeah. that it leaked a little bit. I'm sure that there's a little bit of moisture damming yeah. from some point in time. But that just kind of gives us a little bit of a signal when we're trying to find a reason why each offer isn't necessarily going to be our winning one. Why? Yeah. Who do we have most confidence in getting across the finish line? Yeah, because we talk about getting, like you could make as much money as possible, but if you don't close it, then that money is nothing at the end of the day. The other big thing, right? And maybe this isn't what not to do, but what to do is work with a great agent and a great team. Yeah, it have, helps. Because that's the thing. If I have two offers that are, are eye to eye, if they are neck and neck, totally even, absolutely. When the buyer, or excuse me, when the seller says, hey, where are you of confidence? If I know an agent, if I've had experience with them, if they do a lot of business and have navigated a lot of things, the likelihood of me saying, hey, I've worked with this person before. I know they give sensible advice. I know their team. I know their attorney. I know their lender. I know all these pieces. 
yes, I naturally have more confidence in that. So just make sure that the people that you're working with have strong teams and good reputations within the market. Yeah. So the other thing that I would probably say is because going off of like looking at all these offers, some of them were sight and seen. And so that is a really hard thing. That is. I mean, like we, I had the conversation with a couple agents. I was like, Hey, look, I mean, I understand that you're doing a FaceTime showing right now, but at the end of the day, I don't know if you're going to be the strongest offer. And if we're going up against 20 other offers, it's true. We're not going to be the one that we're going to pick. At least make sure, like, try and get into the property yeah. or send them a real vision or something that we can kind of solidify it. No, that's a that's a fabulous point. We understand it's hard, right? Some people are trying to buy from across the country, and we get that they can't get in. But the reality is, is as somebody that's representing the seller, the last thing we want is somebody to come in. I know you had this. You had this. Yeah, problem. I just had this. With one of your listings that you know you guys ended up having to take it. It wasn't as competitive of a market. Yep. And they agreed for you, negotiated. You had a great deal. And they walked in the first time and they said, no, thank you. This isn't for us. Yeah. So getting in a property is definitely a definitely an important check mark uh, from that perspective. Okay. This is fun. Yeah. Uh, Coolest things that you've seen in outdoor spaces. Oh, uh, summer is coming. I, I can't wait. Uh, coolest things I've seen in outdoor spaces. I've seen a lot of really cool stuff. Um, I think one of my favorite outdoor spaces that I've seen that I saw, there was a, a 2000 square foot footprint. Um, I sold this car. Oh, outdoor space, 2,000 square feet of the The whole space. building was 2,000 square feet. Oh, the gotcha. Footprint. Okay, cool. It was an oversized lot. It was an oversized condo. It was the top floor, and they had the whole roof outdoor deck. deck. The whole roof deck. So it was about 2,000 yeah. square feet, and they essentially recreated a condo up there. So they had an outdoor kitchen. They had an outdoor mm -hmm. dining room. They had an outdoor living room. They had a putting green. They had a grilling station. This thing was amazing. Now, the hardest thing is, is with outdoor space, you know, every time I look at a client and they say, hey, I really want to do up my deck right, really overdoing roof decks and outdoor space, I always say that's an investment in yourself. Yeah. Those, you don't get the money back. Those don't have a great investment long term. You are investing in yourself. You are investing in your happiness. Now, absolutely. Having good outdoor space is important and valuable, but when you want to take it from good to freaking amazing, yes. at freaking amazing, that doesn't have value to take forward a lot of people come in and say oh my god it's awesome but they don't necessarily want to pay for it yeah what about you what's the best outdoor space you've seen uh the best outdoor and you can use my aldine listing oh yeah of course that, uh, that's a close number <laughs> second yeah so i actually sold a property right around the corner from aldine last year and my buyer bought it and it was similar to your story like full outdoor kitchen and dining room and a pergola and like turf grass on one side so that they could do a outdoor lounge area like a tanning side yeah. um and then yeah they had like a water feature and everything so yeah it was really great i always say like again talking about roof decks when you own the roof deck you have the responsibility of taking apart the roof deck if there's any roof maintenance good point so the one thing that i would always say is try and if you're going to do a really extravagant roof deck, try and make it so that you can take pieces of it off and have it Palette a little style. bit more flexible. Palette style. That. We see more more pavers up there now and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, timber is very tough because when you bring it up. Yep. So more palette style is definitely a great thing. I actually remember yep. this kind of a funny story. I had clients that uh, were over here on Armitage in a newer construction duplex up. 2019, they called me and they asked me for a couple of roof deck companies because they really wanted to do their deck. Because it's the one that we sold. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Last year. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I said to them, I said, hey guys, here's the company that I would recommend. Here's how I would do it. The one thing that I would really, really know is that this is an investment in yourself. 
right? Yeah. So that when we go to sell this, if you spend $95,000 doing this, it's not going to be worth $95,000. I'm yeah. always very, very clear on that. And they said, absolutely, we want to do this for ourselves. They got everything done. I swear to God, the, the paint was dry, so to say, like by the beginning of 2020, right before the pandemic. Oh, no. They well, were, that's great. That was great. That was the good part. It's like they, they, were, they were okay to do it for themselves. But the fact that they finished literally as the pandemic was starting, they said it was the most amazing experience ever because oh, they were good. able to like live on their, their deck. So, yeah. And that was such a beautiful reef deck. That was well. a good one too, yeah. right? I've had a lot, so it's hard to just pick one. <laughs> so popular second home destinations for city dwellers. Oh, this is a fun one. This is a topic. Popular second home destinations. Second homes became a bigger thing during the pandemic, right? Yeah. We travel differently. We work differently. We have the ability to do things differently. So we actually saw our second home market kind of really go through the roof. Yep. Um, in my mind, there's two different ways to look at it. There's the, what we saw a lot of the city do is what's local to local. here. Mm -hmm. um, we saw a lot go to Wisconsin. We saw a lot Michigan. go to Michigan. We saw a lot go to Indiana. Those are mm -hmm. very natural within two hours. Now, I, my, my COVID purchase, so to say, I, I got caught up in it. Now, I should say this was a 20-year planned COVID purchase. Easy. Yes. So, COVID was that extra oomph that I needed. Um, I actually went the other way. I went to Northwest Illinois, for those that aren't really familiar, towards Galena. Um, it's beautiful, rolling hills. Uh, you drive within two hours, you get to a very, very different yeah. lifestyle. I bought a farm out there with 42 acres. Um, but I think what people have liked is to just get a little bit of a different lifestyle, but still be in with a short commute to the city. Yeah, totally. The other idea is once again, going completely out of the area, we have some people that say, hey, I want a second home in Florida, or I want a second yeah. home in California. Or, that's, I think, what we're so lucky about in the Midwest now that travels back a little bit more is that we can get so many places so easily. Yeah. Um, so I think it really kind of depends on how somebody's going to use it uh, and how they're going to really benefit from it. Yeah. I feel like we've been seeing a lot of Florida lately. I just feel like that's like just such a like Midwestern like thing. Yeah. I feel like Arizona is a, like one of the other ones. Arizona and I would say Florida are like the two biggest feeder markets. Yeah, the both biggest destinations for people to do second homes that are yep. looking for a more temperate climate for certain. Yeah. But I will say our more local stuff is what really went crazy um, throughout the last mm -hmm. couple of years when, during COVID because people had that opportunity to change to do it. I mean, we always laugh because so many agents took advantage of that ability as well. I can't tell you how many agents that I know that kind of said, okay, so now's the time. I'm, gonna, I'm going to New Buffalo for a couple of days um, and really yeah. have enjoyed that aspect. And I think that's one of the great things about being in the city yeah. is that we have this ability to be in the city, to enjoy the city. We love the city, right? But we can also unplug, go somebody somewhere that's not too far uh, and online. Now, yeah. most people that I know that have kind of gone the second home route, a lot of them are looking at it from a little bit of an investment as well and kind of looking to say, hey, we've talked about it before. Airbnb and vacation style rentals within the city is a little bit more challenging. So but go somewhere else. you go to a single yeah. family home somewhere else, our farm in Northwest Illinois, Absolutely. That's what you guys are we have we have people that come in and rent it when we're not there and just to get out of the city to let their kids and yeah. the dog for all free from that perspective. So there is an investment side of that as well, personal investment, as well as a financial investment in the grand scope of things. Yeah, love that. Oh, now we're getting into some more fun stuff, right? Yay. We like fun questions. Yeah, we love Chicago. <laughs> we love, yay Chicago. Chicago in the summer. Um, we're on the brink of summer. Favorite summer fests and summer activities. Oh my God, there's so many good festivals. I feel like the summer is like the best part of being in Chicago. Um, but I would say my favorites are Midsummer Fest up in Andersonville. Okay. I feel like it's just very quaint and cute. Um, obviously, Andersonville has like the strip on Clark Street and 
I all the restaurants are open and everyone just kind of like floods through it and it's just such a fun one I also like Wicker Park Fest mm-hmm. um so the one that's on Milwaukee right right by our office kind yeah of, which is so fun uh what else what about other just summertime activities that you like to do? Well, my favorite thing is we rent a boat. So you can go in like and do a charter. And so you have a boat captain, you hire him, and then you can get up to like 12 friends and then you all split it. And it's like $200 for like a handful of hours. And then you just like go out on a boat and it's awesome. And like, I actually, I have clients that do a boat share. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe that's a similar really cool thing that they they have certain dates that they get the boat during the summer. They do, but they don't have to own the boat. Yes, yeah. They always say like the best part of the owning a boat is the first day you buy it and the last day you sell it. So I, yeah, I my like my hip trippers are people, so I understand that the sentiment for sure. I always say be friends with people that own boats. That's my philosophy. <laughs> I don't want to own the boat, but I want to be friends with the people that own. The yes, boat. yeah. So playpen is always the fun. <laughs> Um, so my favorite summertime activities from a festival basis, I would say, I love those that are oriented around food. So like Um, hot dog fest. I don't know about hot dog fest, (laughs) but I don't know. Um, I think it's fantastic. Uh, Logan square actually has a great, um, art walk. Old town art walk is a big one too. Um, I mean, I just, to me, I love the fests. I love the music. I love the food. I love just being outside. But I also, there's so many things to do in Chicago. I'm a big fan. I love Ravinia. You can get on the Metro. You can drop off right there. You can yeah. live music outside. Um, do you do uh, concerts in the park at Millennium Park, though? I know you're not a downtown person, so I'm curious. I love downtown. But we haven't done it as much, but we did. I mean, I, I'm going to date myself here. We actually saw Sting uh, at Millennium Park. Ooh, many many moons ago did that's free fun. concert can you believe sting did a free concert in millennium park was that for Amazing. taste of chicago no 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 no. it was oh. uh when they were opening up millennium park that's why i'm dating myself oh nice uh, what do you okay, think about of chicago? millennium park has only been around for a very short time like in the scheme of things you think it would be there for like oh it's been there for 40 50 years no. it's only been there for like 15 years exactly so it's not dating yourself that much okay come on Maybe the Sting reference is dating myself more. No, that's fine because he's still on tour. He I will say, now. he was amazing. He looked amazing. He was amazing. It was, it was a good time. Yeah, I love that. Um, it was so, interesting to see what actually happens with Taste of Chicago, though. Going back to like what you just asked. Yeah. Um, so, Taste of Chicago, are you a, a yay or an a? So, I actually have never personally been to Taste of Chicago, and I've heard it's gone downhill. I get into that. A lot of in the, uh, the last recent years. Um, so we'll see. But I think the interesting thing will be uh, the NASCAR thing that's going on this summer. And everyone's really pissed about it right now because of Lakeshore and like them ripping apart Lakeshore right now, which is actually going to be way better in the long run because yeah. it'll help me drive. <laughs> it's all about Samuel. <laughs> Samuel is going to be happy that Lakeshore Drive is better. But until then, everyone's pissed off because Lakeshore Drive. And the highway. Or when I take my motorcycle out and then you hit every bump, I mean, it is, I hate taking my motorcycle and I love taking it out to Andersonville, but yeah. No, but I'm just, so I mean, there's so <laughs> much, I mean, eating outside on all the, all the patios, just yes. summertime, there's Root still, decks. Root Root decks, uh-huh. you know, the baseball games, like I'm not even a big baseball fan, but I love going to a good baseball game just to be outside and to enjoy. Socks or Cubs? Is my grandfather listening? I mean, I know he thought he passed away, but he might roll over in his grave. 
<laughs> I am one of those people. I don't believe you have to have to push one or the other. My preference is for the Sox if they're playing one another. But really? I am not not a Cubs fan. Wow, I'm shocked. I know I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I'm speechless. I mean, I'm a Cubs fan. I go to both. I've been to both. Um, I just like the. I feel like the energy at Cubs Stadium is just so it's much really better. Um, Speaking of Wrigley, concerts at Wrigley are awesome. I love I'm concerts at Wrigley. Yeah, you and you go to a lot of them. I try. I I'm, go, I'm trying to get my mom to go to Pink. Get two extra. I'm gonna send the girls with you. Okay, cool. Do they like Pink? They will. Okay, good. We're actually taking them on this topic. We're taking them to their first concert this summer. We have concert tickets for Dead and Company, which it's the oh last my. year of them touring. God, I we are gonna this. We, we are gonna take our six and a half and eight year old to uh, to Dead and Company so, so that they can have the experience before it goes away. So the question is, do kids actually get secondhand smoke from all the pot? I'll let you know. Okay, good. All right, curious. Uh, <laughs> you know that's going to actually happen. Moving on. <laughs> uh, right. I'll have lots of snacks. Okay, good. Um, okay, now back to business. Back to business. I'm getting this question a lot right now, so I was glad that, that somebody brought it up. Is it a good idea to keep my current property as an investment property when I go to move to preserve the interest rate? So I actually have three situations where this is happening. So okay. one is I have an investor or somebody who bought the property a long time ago. They are, they've had it rented. They had a really bad renter. Only a bad renter. Really, now they have a great renter. And so that is one thing that you really want to pay attention to. Are you able to handle tenants? And so that would be one of them. Uh, the other one I have right now is there's a rental cap that just got put in the building. So you need to make sure that your building doesn't have a rental cap. They might make the decision for you. They'll make the decision for you. Um, and then I also have another client who's moving out of from out of state to Chicago, and they have a really great interest rate, and they are trying to figure out, do they keep it? Now, the one thing about that is we're talking about, does it make sense to hold it or to sell it? Because he may need the down payment from that also he's moving from a market that is was super inflated and so maybe take the gains from that sure. market and then put it into a better market for certain so i yeah no absolutely where i'm seeing this question a lot the question of do i keep my current home as an investment property when i move to the next to preserve the interest rate yeah. i've seen that question a lot people that never considered to be landlords are all of a sudden say hey can i keep my 2.75 percent interest rate by doing this and there's a lot of things to consider because knee-jerk reaction, it sounds great, but this is not a short-term plan. This is not something yep. that you say, hey, I'm going to do for a year or two, and then I'm going to sell that property. Why? Because there's a lot of cost to maintain a rental property, an investment property, when you think about it. You've got management costs. You've got turnover costs. Are you going to be able to sell that property with a tenant in it? Probably not. We always have to advise that you don't. So then all of a sudden, you've got a vacant unit that you're trying to, to sell, and realistically, then we're going to tell you, okay, stage that property because it's not going to yeah. sell well bacon. So now you've got staging costs and all of those things work on a longer term plan. On a shorter term plan, when they're paying equity for a year or two, it's really not a good idea. But if you say to me, hey, Amanda, I want to hold this property for life. I'm going to have this as part of my portfolio. 
then it probably makes sense and there's probably a longer term discussion, but it's not a short term thing. And you also have to say, as you said, is this causing you an inability to achieve your goals with the next property? Don't move out of one property to have a lateral move to a next property. Make sure that you can achieve what you want to achieve. So there's a lot of thought process into it. My biggest thing is, is how long are you looking to hold the property? Because short term, I don't think that there's a good plan. Yeah. Mike, drop. Okay, this is a Samuel topic for certain. I'm not as good. But what is the best new restaurant you've been to? I have been to way too many recently that it's so hard to actually make that decision. Um, I, top, top three. Top three okay. out of Samuel. Uh, so I really liked... Um, so Lost Reef, which is a cocktail bar. I mean, I know it's not a restaurant, but I thought it was a really cool, like, themed restaurant. Where is it? Um, it's up in Lakeview. Okay. It's a little bit of an upscale, like, cocktail bar, which sometimes Lakeview doesn't always have. Okay. Um, so I really like that. So I got to get uh, fancy for it. Like no, no, no. It's I went in a t-shirt. So, like, it's Your still... t-shirts are fancy, though. <laughs> no, they're not. <gasps> Uniqlo. Um, $10. Um, what other ones? Uh... Gap off the sale rack. <laughs> I was like, that's a restaurant. Uh, God, what? I'm drawing a blank on the name. It was, oh, Le Select. Le Select was Le Select. so good. It's a new French restaurant. It's done by the Boca Group. It is um, downtown. It's where Bottled Blonde used to be. So the neighbors are probably really happy about it. Um, that it's now that they put. I don't, I don't know what Bottled Blonde is, but I could probably figure it out. So Bottled Blonde was a, a, like a bar essentially that they turned into a nightclub and they didn't have the permits for it and uh, so that's all the people on wells street were so mad about it and so they took years to close it down finally and so now it's this like super upscale place um it's not in the old little, tequila roadhouse spot is it it was just kidding so before bottle of blonde it was a sushi restaurant i forget okay. what the sushi restaurant was named but so i would say that but the little hidden gem little secret is upstairs so you like there's an elevator and it goes up to the second floor and they have this beautiful cocktail lounge wow. it is so pretty i'm noticing a theme yes well I... <laughs> yeah and hey look a nice cocktail is always but it, it's a really cute date spot so like i went with friends but it would be a really cute date yeah spot. it is I'm going to take my boyfriend there. I mean, it has red velvet, like, curtains all over. I mean, really pretty lighting. It it was, yeah. Okay. I would say that would be my number one. Super. Fantastic. What's yours? I'm a creature of habit. <laughs> you are. You go to the same restaurants. I am a creature of habit. Absolutely. I have five restaurants that I go to religiously because I know when I order. I know the food is good. I hate going to a place where I'm going to have a bad meal. But for our anniversary this year... Um, my husband arranged for us to go to a newer restaurant in the West Loop called Lira. It's so fun. It was very fancy. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was somewhat dressed up. When I got there, I realized that I clearly wasn't dressed mm -hmm. up. Um, it was a very to-be-seen type place. Um, the food was fantastic. Uh, the GM, Kevin, there is top-notch. Uh, made sure we were so well taken care of. Um, so I know we know him because our daughters actually go to school together. He's a fantastic person. He was the one that helped set it up for us to go down there. Our food was fantastic. It was a Greek emphasis. Yes, um, but it is. everything was so good. No matter what we had put in front of us, everything was better than the thing before. We had a fantastic meal. The people watching were 
Um, what was what was what was the one thing that you were telling me the other day about it? Oh, when we left, yeah. I haven't been in a West Loop at night in a long time. Mm-hmm. We walked out, and first of all, there was a line around the corner to get in, which kind of blew my mind. It's been a while since I've been part of that that scene, yeah. so to say. I was at one point in time. I was much cooler, uh, but there was three Bentleys parked right out front. Mm-hmm. And there were three very young people getting out of these Bentleys. And one of the Bentleys was honestly one of the ugliest cars I've ever seen in my life. Hands down, the whole thing is that money doesn't buy to taste. The Bentley was the <laughs> ugliest thing. It was blinged out in ways that a car shouldn't be blinged out. And he opened up the door and it had orange. Orange is <laughs> in the fruit. Not like yeah. burnt or anything like oh. that. And it had orange leather on the inside. It wasn't a stylized orange. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, it was terribly ugly. But there were three Bentleys outside. Um, regardless, food was fantastic. Drinks were fantastic. The vibe was fun. Um, they did this thing that if you had a birthday, they had these gigantic sparklers. They're yeah, yeah. a little phallic looking to be, they, to be completely honest, but they come out and they go, and you see the whole staff going around. So it was, a, a, I think, a great place for not only a date, but for a big event. They actually do it after every play. Cause so... At night, like after everyone, it turns, into leaves, a it turns into a nightclub, and they have a really good DJ that performs there on the weekends, yeah. and it's so fun. And yes, it is packed, and you just everyone has a sparkler. I laugh and I like joke that I'm just gonna like sneak a sparkler in my pants in, and then like light it by myself just to like look a little cooler, but on like a discount. You know how like you go to like Aldi, and yeah, like, yeah, sparkling. We can work on that. <laughs> Um, anyways, we're, we're down to our last question. Um, Yay. This is actually a really, really good one. And this is one that I was surprised to get. What's the best way to keep up to date with our neighborhood activity when we're not buying and selling? Binoculars. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. I uh, guess not binoculars. Um, that would actually be a little creepy. Um, let's, uh, let's set them up on. A telescope. <laughs> a telescope. Yeah. Actually, I have. I have somebody tell a story about that the other day and I was like, okay. Um, so I would actually set them up on Zen list. <laughs> so give them kind of a pulse of the neighborhood. Um, we can set them up on alerts. And so it could be daily, they could get it weekly, they could get it monthly, and we can just kind of pare it down to similar properties. Ours. So I know what Zen list is, but I'm guessing that a lot of people don't. What's Zen list? Yeah, so Zenlist is like our local search platform. It's an app. It's also a computer-like desktop thing. Those um, archaic computer things <laughs> that I can't get rid of. I can't. I can't figure out my computers. I literally had to have a friend come over and like clean mine out so I could move faster. But, um, but yeah, so it's this like online search platform that is actually really really user friendly, which is fantastic. Yeah, no, I agree with that 1,000%. It is the best way to keep our clients up to date on what's happening in the market when they're not in the market mm-hmm. is to basically deliver our properties, the surrounding neighborhood, everything that's happening to their app or inboxes. Um, that doesn't have to be daily, like when you're buying. It can be weekly. It can be monthly, just to kind of give them a snapshot of what's happening, what's active, what's sold, what's going under contract, what's not selling, all of that good stuff. Um, we can deliver right to people's inboxes. So if people want to do that, and they are not in the market now, yeah. no problem at all. We're happy to help keep people updated. And even if you're just nosy, even if it's not, hey, I'm going to buy in a year or two, you don't need to call and give <laughs> us any story about it. If you want to say, I'm just curious what my own, my neighbors have paid for their houses, we can help you on that. Yeah. Um, 
I guess uh, outside of real estate, I always suggest like joining like Instagram, like neighborhood stuff. The neighborhood groups. I think those are always like really good. For, for sure. I just always say be cognizant of joining stuff about like safety and crime because there's a lot of those out there and I think it just over inundates people and I think people just, it it is a little bit too bad. There's a lot of alarmists for sure. Yeah. And that's where you, I think that's a great thing to notice that you have to be careful of what you join for it. I think that there's some great Facebook groups, Instagram Thousands. groups, those types of things, getting good content, but take it with a grain of salt because of where that's unfiltered data, right? Yeah. That's, that's coming from, from the people that are doing it. Yeah. So. That's all we've got for today. Yay. We survived. We well, we didn't survive. We thrived. We were thriving. I don't know. <laughs> Until next time, Chicago. Until next time, Chicago. Mm-hmm.